because life will get, life is going to place different amounts of load on you at different times. And if you think about that as like just training, right, there will probably be, you might feel like you're in like the heaviest time of your life. But if you think about it, like that's training for a potentially heavier, heavier load in the future. So if I can stand up from underneath this, then I'll be able to stand up from underneath whatever else comes. So it's that like repeated exposure to load that makes you stronger. And then it's the idea of being strong is about more than just being um, resilient. It's about coming back better. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness Lifestyle Fundamentals podcast, where you learn easy to apply and understand ways to become the very best version of yourself of these fitness fundamentals in and out the gym. I'm super stoked today. I'm here with Dr. David Skolnick. David, if you could introduce yourself, tell us a little bit uh, about yourself, what you do. Um, I just want to have you take the ball and roll with it. Absolutely. So, like you said, my name is David. I am a physical therapist and strength coach uh, based out of the Phoenix, Arizona area. Um, I've been a physical therapist for about seven and a half years before that went through an undergraduate in exercise science. I've loved training and lifting in the gym since like early high school when I was first exposed via like, you know, a weight training elective. And uh, yeah, at this point, I coach powerlifting athletes and compete in powerlifting as well. I work with the Pain-Free Performance Specialist Certification as one of their master instructors, which gives me the opportunity to travel a bit and help teach other health and fitness professionals how to elevate their skills, both on the business side, as well as sort of reframing fitness as maybe the true front lines of healthcare for people. You know, how do we make fitness essential, truly essential and help people understand it's not just like butts and biceps, but it's, you know, longevity and quality of life and quantity of life and being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want for as long as you're on this earth. Um, I work with people online in person, both in a rehab setting and performance setting. Um, yeah. And personal life married, expecting my first kid in March. So that's super, super, super exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm generally just very busy. I'm a, I'm a busy person. Well, you're helping a lot of people, which is amazing. Yes. Yeah. Luckily, it's all like busy by choice. Right, right. Exactly. I mean, when you when you do what you love, and you know, personal philosophy of mine is when you're working and, and living out your job as a purpose instead of you know just going to a nine to five you hate the time goes by like that and it's so worth it because every day you know trainers or, or pts like you and i not a physical therapist but you know what i'm talking about we get to wake up every day and help someone improve their life for for life i think part of why i really admire your work is because we share a similar philosophy in that fitness is not only preventative but it is for life yeah, no, it, it can be and it really should be. Yeah, I think just to like kind of touch on that, the purpose driven work side of things, like there's the common saying of, you know, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life, which is not really true. It's more likely, you know, if you do what you love, you might work every day for the rest of your life, but you'll be okay with that. 
Yeah. Oh my God. A hundred percent. Cause I think something it's, it's important to know is that if you, if you're doing something you love, you also don't get burnt out. If you're executing with purpose, it's very hard to get burnt out because you're, I wake up and I'm excited to help. I'm excited to film this podcast. Even the days where I'm like, you know, feeling a bit lazy or sluggish, or maybe I didn't get enough sleep, but I know that there someone out there needs to hear what I'm saying and the information that we're putting out there. So I know you are the host of your own podcast. I'd love to hear about, you know, what the purpose of creating that was a little bit about what you guys go over. Um, yeah. And just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So the name of the podcast is the essential strength podcast. Um, I started it in June, I believe of 2020. So sort of like deep early stage COVID lockdown. Um, I was living in Northern California, not far from like Napa area at the time, um, working in skilled nursing. So as a PT, I've done a few different things. I've done a little bit of home health. I've done a lot of geriatrics, working with older folks in like inpatient rehab settings, just out of the hospital, trying to get home after be it a stroke or, you know, pneumonia that just when you're 90 and you get pneumonia in the hospital for a week, like you lose a lot of strength, um, broken hips, all that good stuff, bad stuff. Um, so I was working in that setting. Uh, I left Portland, Oregon, um, in 2018. And in Portland, I had a coworker at this really cool integrated health and fitness facility called evolution. Um, his name is Mike McCastle. So Mike and I had started doing like a series, like hosting some live events in Portland. And then when I left town, like we stayed in touch, we communicated, but we hadn't had an opportunity to collaborate. <laughs> and we kind of like bounced the idea back and forth of starting a podcast. And then with COVID happening, it was like, well, this is the time we both have a little bit of extra time on our hands right now. Let's start a podcast. Um, and for anyone listening, um, I highly recommend you Google Mike McCastle. All right. Mike McCastle is like David Goggins that no one's ever heard of. So he broke Goggins pull-up world record, like smashed it. He, Mike did over 5,500 pull-ups in 24 hours, wearing a 30 pound backpack nine months after failing to break the record, tearing both of his forearms and getting rhabdomyolysis. He's pulled a, Ford F-150, 20 miles across um, Death Valley in the middle of the summer. He's flipped a 250-pound tire for a half marathon to raise money for Parkinson's. He just set the world record last year for longest time fully submerged in ice. Wow. Yeah. So he's a badass dude, um, and he does it all for charity. And he he kind of, instead of got, like Goggin's approach, which is like I channel my suffering, and that's why I'm unstoppable – Mike kind of channels more like that. I've had so many people supporting me that like, how could I stop? So um, there's my pitch to go look up Mike. So Mike and I, um, we started a podcast, the essential strength podcast. It's, it was, it is, was, is it's sort of, I'm on a hiatus from the podcast. I haven't recorded anything for a few months just because time constraints and other opportunities kind of overtook the podcast, but I've got about a hundred episodes um, interviewing health and fitness professionals, um, business owners, authors, scientists, musicians, um, physicians, first responders. And the common 
theme that runs through the podcast is a question to each guest, and that is, what is your personal definition of strength? So the idea of the podcast was strength to me is a really essential trait to have and to develop and to like always cultivate. And it's sort of a backbone of everything else that we're able to do, whether that's physical strength, mental strength, like emotional strength. I had people come on and talk about like, what does it look like to be like financially strong? Like, right. How does strength through like rhythm as a performing musician, like, what does that look like? How does that feel? How do you help first responders become mentally strong when they're like, divorce and suicide rate is higher than almost any other profession. Um, like how do you get them to look inside and not just like be the tough macho person on the outside? So yeah, that was the point of the podcast. And I was lucky enough to have some pretty amazing guests like Steffi Cohen and Mark Bell and world record holding power lifters and all kinds of cool stuff. So I hope to start recording again at some point in the future. Um, but it is, it's really amazing to have an opportunity, even if it's just like one hour a week to have a conversation with someone that is uninterrupted, like my phone's in another room, right? It's just like 60 minutes of human interaction and like high quality conversation, which is something I really enjoy. Um, we're like 10 minutes into the podcast. I'm sure your guests can tell that I don't mind talking. Um, so to have that opportunity on a weekly basis is, was was and hopefully will be very cool again in the future. Amazing. I mean, man, I got to st- I love Steffi. I love her to death. So I'll definitely have to check out that episode. And that that's amazing that you have that running theme of what is strength, because it really does go into so many different things. And it means so many different things to so many different people. And I, I'd like to ask you the question of, of what is strength to you? So I, you know, I, I don't have a canned answer for this. I think I draw on on a lot of the answers that my guests gave. Um, And for me, it's kind of a combination of my two favorite answers from other people. And I think, so I love the idea of strength as the ability to handle and overcome load, right? If you're thinking about that from like a biomechanics or just a physical standpoint, like that's what we do in the gym. Like we step under a bar, we accept the load onto our back, we go down, and then we overcome the load to move ourselves back up to standing tall. And I think that translates like beautifully to mental health as well. Because life will get life is going to place different amounts of load on you at different times. And if you think about that as like just training, right, there will probably be you might feel like you're in like the heaviest time of your life. But if you think about it, like that's training for a potentially heavier, heavier load in the future. So if I can stand up from underneath this, then I'll be able to stand up from underneath whatever else comes. So it's that like repeated exposure to load that makes you stronger. And then it's the idea of being strong is about more than just being um, resilient. It's about coming back better. So I had another guest who's like a high level Olympic lifting coach. And he talked about how he's not a huge fan of like the buzzword of resilience because to him, it's the idea of like, if your storm gets, or if your house gets knocked down in a storm, like resilience would allow you to rebuild your house. But it's like, wouldn't you want to rebuild a better house? 
like because the next storm could just knock the same house down so his idea is like to be strong you need to be continually bettering yourself and becoming strong like you're never strong enough so i think the idea of thinking about any sort of load that is applied to you any pressure that you feel is an opportunity to get stronger and then by being stronger you're not only coming back the same but each time you're coming back better absolutely i love that a hundred percent because you know we all get knocked down in life life never gets easier it's just that your problems will change and adapt and hopefully you know said person is moving in a direction in which they are becoming a better version of themselves so it becomes easier to take on that load and overcome as you're saying it actually have you ever heard of greg plitt I do know. Yeah. Oh man. Rest in peace. Literally the man that started my fitness journey was a four minute video of him saying second by second, you lose the opportunity to become the person that you want to be. And mm. it hit me so hard, but what you were saying about being resilient and coming back about what your Olympic uh, powerlifter coach guest said um, was a quote from him that says, you know, if you never say good enough today, you will always have enough tomorrow. And I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on that. To me, it's, you know, as long as you're doing just a little bit more than you did yesterday, you're always going to have enough that next day in that next day. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think this is where, this is why I love I love when people take on some sort of physical culture habit. It doesn't necessarily have to be going to the gym, right? It could be running. It could be whatever, but it's, yeah, it's, it's intentionally giving effort, I think is the big thing, right? Cause I think, like you said, you know, life is gonna be hard. Like it's basically a guarantee, but most of the time, for most people, unfortunately, it's like involuntarily hard, right? It's like your boss makes it hard. Your kids make it hard. You're, I think too many people, unfortunately, feel like too much of life is outside their control. And so they like, they're doing everything they can to make it easy, which is why it's so frustrating that it's hard. Whereas if you, if you choose to give the effort, even for 45 minutes a day, six days a week in the gym or on the road or on a bike or whatever. Like, I think that's what people are missing. It's like when, when I go to the gym or when you go to the gym, when people who it's not just exercise, but like people who are training right with some sort of intent or goal, like I'm going to do something almost every time I go in the gym that I'm not sure if I'm capable of. And it might, not go great. Like I might fail, but it's like a very low risk, right? It's like, damn, I thought I was going to do, I thought I could do 10 curls. I did nine. Like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> but it's like just an op. It's like, I'm going to try it. And then I didn't, it didn't go how I planned. So then I get an opportunity, like a super low risk opportunity to like assess the situation. And like, what am I going to do next time? I get to make a note in my training plan, too much weight go a little bit lighter, not enough weight, I can do more. So I think that, like you said, if you give effort every day, then you know, there's something left to be given the next day, because it's like, you prove yourself right, every single day. 
you know, it's funny you say that because it, it, I believe that in the gym, it's probably one of the most controlled environments in which you can fail in. And there's little to no, uh, you know, if obviously if you're training safely and with proper form, you know, based off of your body type and what you can do, so long as you're pushing yourself, if you fail, it's, it's better than, you know, failing and potentially losing a job. Right. So the gym is right. It's all the time is, you know, it's the gym itself is not going to save your life. It's actually the habits and the mentality that you're going to learn in the gym that is going to transform your life. I actually was having a conversation with a client today. She was really struggling and telling me, oh, I have, you know, I have this and that. My kids are making it hard. My this is making it hard for me to get to the gym. And we just have to bring it. I just brought it back to what what's one of the first thing they tell you on the plane with the little safety evaluation, right? When the oxygen masks come down, you have to put yours on first before you can help anyone. So she can't show up and support the people she needs to support without putting her oxygen mask on. The parents uh -huh. that are taking care of their kids can't fully support the kids because kids are watching everything we do. And if they see a parent not taking care of themselves, like me growing up, my parents weren't super into fitness or anything like that. So I grew up not valuing it. And when I internalized that as a child, I had to go through hell and back to get to where I am today. At one point I was 180 pounds and miserable with my life, I hit rock bottom. And then I had to change and then I had to adapt. And then now we can use that as an experience to help other people, but it had to take failing over and over and over and over and over again in the gym to be able to get here. And I think that's what is scary for a lot of people. What I've seen is really terrifying to people that are just starting in the gym, but we have to, I mean, I have to emphasize that it's the most controlled environment. My failures in the gym were a lot less subtle and a lot less life altering than my failures outside the gym. And I'm interested in hearing from you, you know, what would you tell someone that's, you know, a beginner in the gym or wanting to get into the gym and is, is afraid of, of that failure, or, you know, maybe finds himself having those excuses of, um, you know, I don't have the time I have to do this or this or this, what, what would you, if they were your, you know, potential client, how would you help them through that? And what would you want the listener to know who's struggling with that? What would you want? Yeah. So I, I don't know if any of these are going to be completely original ideas. Um, but like, so one is just like the five minute rule. It's like mm -hmm. exercise for five minutes. Mm -hmm. Because once you've done five minutes, it's like, I mean, I could do another five minutes. You know, it's like, I got on the bike, like I know, you know, once you're on it for five minutes, you're like, well, five minutes isn't enough. Like, it's the first five minutes that it's easier to do zero. But once you've done five, you're like, well, I should probably do at least 15. <laughs> like if I, I got to make the five minute, like the five minutes isn't even worth it unless I get another, unless I get to 15. So I think the five minute rule is, is, is a great one to follow. Mm -hmm. um, I think making like reducing as many possible barriers between you and whatever fitness habit you intend to have is another huge one. Like, don't come home from work, then change, and then have to leave again to go to the gym, right? Like pack the night before, bring the clothes with you, go to the gym before you go home. 
right? And I think this was from a guest I had on my show and and he had a great way of explaining this. Like he really wanted to do kickboxing. And he's like, but I, but where is he from? He's from like Copenhagen. So it's better in an accent. But basically what he said was, he's like, I would come home from work and I would sit down on the couch. And he's like, every time without fail, I would forget that there were magnets in my pants and there were magnets in the couch. And I just couldn't get off the couch. He's like, I don't know what it was. I would come home, I'd sit down and I just couldn't get up. It was as if I was stuck to the couch. She's like, until I started taking my bag with me and going from work to the gym and then home, I could not create the habit. Or like Jonathan Goodman, who's like one of the best educators in the fitness space for coaches who want to become better at like every aspect of training. Like his routine is like, he made sure that he joined a gym right across the street from his kid's school. Mm. So he drops the kids off goes immediately to the gym and then he goes back home a couple other things just like bigger picture zoom out things like something's better than nothing right i think a lot of people think they need like the perfect workout or else there's no point that's not true there's no such thing as a perfect workout okay i think that starting somewhere is fantastic i think it really helps to set at least one very clear goal and then that goal has to be linked to like how it positively impacts your life, right? So it can't just be, I want to lose 50 pounds. It's like, it's, I want to lose 50 pounds so that X, Y, and Z, right? So that I can get down on the floor and like build Legos with my kids. So that when I, when my old buddy from high school comes into town and asks if I want to go on a hike, I can actually say yes, instead of being having to make up some sort of an excuse. Right. And then on top of that, if you want to just talk like, how do you leverage some psychology to your favor? Tell people about the goal. Yeah. Right. Because, and you, you probably already know this. It's like, we are more motivated to not fail than we are to succeed. Like we are far more committed to not letting other people think of us as a failure than we are about them thinking of us as a success. So if you tell two or three people and like give them permission to check in and hold me accountable, you will do the thing you said you would do. And like, that's not like a cop out. It's not external validation. Like you don't have to harden up and do it for you. Like if you're having a hard time, make it easy. Like make it as easy as possible. Give yourself as many advantages as you can, like pull those psychological levers. And then the last thing I'll say, and I will say this to like anyone, although there's no such thing as a perfect workout or training plan, I think a big barrier for people is they just have no idea what to do, right? They go in the gym and if you're joining like the $15 a month gym, there's a hundred machines, right? It's crowded. And it's just immediately overwhelming. And then even if you're able to like convince yourself to stay <laughs> and go three days a week for a month, at the end of that month, you're going to look at yourself in the mirror and get on the scale probably if that's what you care about and nothing's going to have happened. 
because you're going in and doing random stuff, picking the machine that's open that because you don't want to get in anyone's way or offend anyone else, you end up just walking on the treadmill for 30 minutes. And then, so then you're going to get this like feedback loop of like, well, why am I trying? Like exercise doesn't work. I knew exercise wouldn't work. I never wanted to go to the gym anyway. And then you're out. So what I would say is to anyone who's new is like hire a coach, like work with a trainer, even if it's like six sessions, like they can help you determine what an appropriate goal is and just like teach you how to use stuff, help you learn how to move and then ask them for like a blueprint, like ask them for a plan. Like, can you write me a 10 week training plan and I'll come back in 10 weeks and we can do a check-in. Like you don't have to pay for three personal training sessions a week. You just need someone to like, look at how you move, show you how to move a little better and how to use the gym. And then you need a plan. Like I'm pretty adamant that like not every single person needs a coach or a trainer to be there with them every single time, or even a one-on-one coach online. That's like doing zoom workouts or something, but everybody. But he needs a plan. Like I need a plan. Right. So that those are, those are all things like lower the barriers, set a goal, tell people about your goal, start with five minutes and watch how you're like, that's not enough. You know, I'm going to do 15, even though you didn't think you could do one. And then like, find an expert, find it. Like, think about it like a teacher. Like imagine having to go to school without a teacher right. and all you get is a book and you don't even know when the test is going to be. It's like, that's how most adults think they have to go through life. Yeah. Right. So like, just find a teacher. A hundred percent. I, I say, um, you know, like, would you take your car Would if you needed your car fixed, there was, there was something wrong with it or, you know, preventing something to be wrong with it. Would you try to fix your car yourself or would you take it to the expert? You take it to the expert because you probably mess up the car. I mean, I, I've heard horror stories about people trying to change their oil and they don't do the filter. And then the completely brand new car is completely jacked. Right. And that's, you want to go, you want to go a level deeper on the car? Let's go. Let's go. That's the only car you're ever going to have for your entire life. There's no replacing this car. Yeah. That's very true. Right. That's your body. Like you get one. It's like a house. People just like run it to shit. Right. And they're like, Hey, can you, uh, like I haven't had a right rear wheel for 10 years. Like, can you fix my alignment? It's like, no, right. I cannot. <laughs> you should have come in 10 years ago when your fucking wheel fell off. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, let's, you know, someone's wheel does come off. We do have to, you know, as a trainer do our best to, to try to, to. Well, I'm not fixing it today though. No, right. Exactly. You're going to drop your car off and come back in a year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, you know, you only have one, rebuild, house, right? one house, right? You got one house to live in. You can't, Greg Plate, you said you can't sell it. You can't refinance it. You can't do any of this shit, but you can maintain it and you can make it better. So what kind of house mm-hmm. you, you want to be homeless and live on the streets or you want a mansion, right? Yeah. We take this house and we, we build it into, to what we want. And, you know, for everyone listening out there, you know, whatever you want to do with your body, it's doable. It's just really the the time and effort and how bad do you want that? How bad do you want the results? What are you, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice? Because I think a lot of people come into the gym and, you know, uh, 
you see all these like kind of fitfluencers who just look amazing. And a lot of them, not to say they don't put in incredibly difficult work, but a lot of them are very genetically gifted, right? So for, for me as a woman, I have very narrow hips. I don't have very wide hips. So it, to me, it doesn't look like, doesn't look like my butt is growing, even though it is. And I think that can be extremely discouraging or, you know, men in the gym, just really anyone to, to take genetics into the role. Some people may, uh, you know, their car might be just a little bit nicer, a year or two older than someone else, but that doesn't mean that you can't upgrade it. And, you know, as, as a PT, do you see anything in terms of like, well, I'm sure you see, but what, how does genetics play a role? How does us having different bone length, uh, skeletal structure, you know, uh, metabolism, how does that play a role? Um, and, and how can someone beginning to not get discouraged if they don't look like the person standing next to them? Yeah. I mean, genetics defines almost everything, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to go like my area of expertise as a physical therapist is more like musculoskeletal as opposed to like metabolism and things in that realm. So I'll stick to, and there's plenty to talk about on the musculoskeletal side, but like what we know is that almost every single person's structure is slightly different. So like, I like the snowflake example where it's like, like every, like people hear what we hear is like every snowflake is unique. Right. But mostly every snowflake is the same, right? It's mostly just like, it's water falling from the sky at a certain temperature. And then there's like these little differences under a microscope. And that's kind of how we are, right? Like bone density is going to be different person to person, right? Your genetic background like your historical origins like what part of the world you're from like we evolved right if you're from the netherlands right you evolved on a completely different diet and lifestyle in this like cold harsh mostly barren place where you survived on like mostly meat and fat of whatever you killed as opposed to if you go back through your family history and it's like yeah for hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of years, like my ancestors evolved around the equator. It's like, we just ate fruit and vegetables. And like, there was everything all the time, right? It's like, there's not even any seasons. It's just nice. Like it's warm all the time. Right. So it's like, we adapted to be able to like, like be smaller, climb trees, all that kind of stuff. So part of it is like, you got to accept a little bit of that. Like that's some of the unchangeable stuff. Can you still, build muscle like regardless of who your ancestors were of course but like as far as movement goes one of the things that we talk about in the ppsc the education company i work for is like if we just look at just the hips right just the hip ball and socket joint 80 percent of people their right hip is different than their left hip but like most people are told in the gym or even in a rehab clinic like everyone's got to squat the same. Everyone's got a deadlift the same. Everyone's got a bench press that like, there's one way to do this. And if you're not doing that, like you're wrong or something's wrong with you, but that's just not true at all. What, right. What would, say, what would you say about, you know, I see this debate about like a bar line path in a, in a squat or having hips that one might be a little bit lower than the other while squatting. So some people may experience pain, some don't, but 
I see this as a, as a big debate. And to me, it goes back to everybody's different. Really. Just yes. So if we're talking like bar path, mm-hmm. like you still want a, a primarily vertical line. It's more about bar position on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like, is it a high bar squat way up closer to the base of your neck or how low are you going to get that bar? And in terms of like optimal position, right? The longer your femurs and legs are, the lower the bar position is going to need to be for it to stay over the middle of your foot and go down and up in a straight line. The longer your torso is short compared to your legs, the higher that bar can be because your torso is going to stay more upright. So people right, that- long legs means you're going to have to lean forward in your squat. Short legs means you're going to be able to be more upright. So that's why you, but then you got to consider like, well, what's your thoracic mobility like? How do your shoulders move? Do you sit at a desk for eight hours a day and you never stretch? And it's like, and you have long legs. It's like, well, then I'm not just going to put a low bar squat. I'm not just going to crank you down there because I'm going to really irritate and potentially injure tissues in your shoulders. Um, but yeah, like, it, so the, the things that are modifiable then would be like, okay, so it hurts your knees to squat. It's like, well, try turning your toes out a little bit. How does that feel? Okay, now that your toes are out, now you spread your feet a little bit. How does that feel? Okay, still not great. Now that your feet are wider, turn your toes back in a little. Oh, there's the sweet spot. You're like, wow, I can get deeper and it doesn't hurt, right? And that's just figuring out what kind of hips do you have? And then from there, you figure out like, where can you get the bar? And depending on your posture and your training history, it's like, well, then maybe we don't squat all the way. Maybe I give you a safety squat bar um, for heavy stuff and a regular bar high bar for a box squat where I don't let you go down as far and so it's like that's one of the biggest things in PPSC that we teach is like sometimes people hate on us for saying like not everyone should barbell back squat or like 90% of people should not barbell back squat right now day one in the gym like it's a great goal but I think the barbell is like the high performance you know race car of strength training and like you don't put a 15 year old who just got their learner's permit behind the wheel of a car that can go 250 miles an hour and be like don't tell him that he can't drive like let him drive whatever he wants like stop gatekeeping cars right and you're like it's so ridiculous yeah but it's like you'll get there if you want to but you don't also don't have to like you never need to drive 250 miles an hour on your way to work All right. Like just fucking slow down. (laughs) It goes, it goes back to mastering the, the fundamental movements, the push, pull, lunge, hinge, carry rotation. Mm -hmm. Right. For that seven. I mean, I know squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull, carry. Right. 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 Uh, I know rotation is like kind of the seven. Add it to all of them. Yeah. You sprinkle it in. I mean, so I went to a PPSC boot with with Cliff uh Cliff Harsky at a biofit and John was supposed to be there. It, it was amazing. I PR'd on on my chest press, I PR'd on my box squat. Um and it was incredible. But what they really what you guys really taught me at PPSE was focus on those six fundamental movements and you will n- really don't have to do crazy shit like the barbell bench squat. I mean, if you're able to master it, but you know, with all of my clients, I emphasize we're not advancing in anything until you get these movements down, because how can you advance 
into a progressively more difficult exercise. Um, I know you can progress in these movements, but how how can right. you how can you go from having no idea how to squat to doing a barbell squat? We start with ball wall squats with a fucking yoga ball. Yeah. And then yeah. they're like, well, I want to lift heavy. And I'm like, well, I want to see you be able to do it without butt winking. And maybe we need to tweak and, and do a few adjustments. But once you get that down and when you can do it in the air, then let's add load on top of that. Then yeah. And the question is like, why? Right. Why do you want to lift heavy? And I think that's another like peeling it back. Like that's also the question you got to ask over and over in like an initial session or of yourself. Like if you're, you, if you have a goal, why? And then when they answer that, it's like, why? Right. <laughs> and then they answer it again. You're like, well, but why? <laughs> and you got to get like four layers deep on the why. And they're like, maybe I don't want to lift heavy. You're like, no, you just want to get stronger and look strong. And we can do that in a thousand different ways without a barbell or with a barbell. But it's like, we got to work our way up the ladder and I promise you, right, you are going to find this goblet squat I'm going to show you to be incredibly challenging. Let's not forget our Bulgarian split squats. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look, okay, cool. You can, you know, you can do a fucking 300 pound squat, but can you do 20 Bulgarian deadlifts on, I mean, uh, split squats on each side with, you know, 30 pounds in your hand? No. And it's crazy the amount of people that aren't able to do it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I see that stuff all the time and it's really about progression. Yep. And all yep. those premises <clears throat> that what, you know, if you're training on mostly your frontal plane and, and your front movements, right? So we're just moving up and down, you know, you're not getting those little crevices that are super necessary to actually move our body and, and be functional and functional by mean engaging as much as possible in a way that is safe, controlled, and allows us to be able, athletic and adaptable. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's like, I think another thing that, and so quickly, like, I don't know exactly who your audience is, but like, if you're listening to this last 10 minutes of this, of us, like kind of ranting about specific exercise and you're like, I don't understand half the words they're saying hire a coach this is why you need us right if you're like a bulgarian what like, yeah. exactly <laughs> so just to re re take a step back this podcast is primarily for people who want to understand fitness fundamentals in in a way that's easy to understand and apply um so we touch base on mindset on behavior <clears throat> on nutrition and on exercise so today we're focusing yeah. and also this it, primarily it's for the beginners but also this podcast is for also part of my niche client group which is people who have been lifting or have been working out for a long time but they don't know how to progress. They're stuck. They see, you know, let's do a barbell squat. Let's do chest press there. Let's do bench press. And they keep progressively overloading or, or, you know, just, I'm just going to lift harder, but they're not seeing the results. They've, they've plateaued. So I work with a lot of athletes, um, a lot of elderly people or just middle-aged, just looking to actually get their goals, right? It goes back to, if, if you don't have the fundamentals, you need a coach. It doesn't have to be for life. Um, actually I, I love my clients, but after 
a year, my personal goal for them is to have given them the fun the fundamentals, uh, the tools, education, the resources, so that they could go on if they wanted. But if they need me, I'm of course still gonna be there for them. But yes, if you're listening to this, if you listen to any of my podcasts and you still have no idea what I'm talking about, take a deep breath and hire someone. <laughs> our our information is gonna be in the in the link below bio. Yeah, hire just hire one of us. We got right. you. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. And I think it's, you know, it, it saddens, it reminds me of who I was five years ago before I started coaching and before I got into the fitness industry where I was just so distraught and had no idea what the hell I was doing. <clears throat> but I, my pride was so much, I didn't get a coach and I create a lot of imbalances that caused injuries later on in life that I've had to go back and, and really just start over with the stabilization and mobilization of, of really just my joints and, and depth and everything. So hire someone that has the experience and the knowledge to get you the fundamentals and then where you want to go, because they will guide you. If they're a good coach, they will get you where you want to go. And it takes time. It takes time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, there's, there are a lot of people who, you know, one of the terms we use in the industry is like training age. Like how long have you been in the gym? How long have you been running? How long, what's your training age? How many years do you have in this discipline? Um, but I think training age can sort of mask what you were saying about people who have plateaued maybe years ago, a decade ago. Right. A lot of unfortunately, and this is part of why I started my coaching business. Um, so my company is called Stronger in Motion. And my like the subtitle, right? The mission statement, basically the super simple mission statement is fitness with purpose. Because and the reason that came to me was because training in like bigger box gyms, like a 24-hour fitness in California is I saw the same people in the gym a lot, right? You go at the same time, you see the same people and it's great, right? You're like, these people go to the gym just like I do four days a week and it's awesome. And then six months later, you're like, that guy does the same thing every single Thursday and he's using the same weight as he was six months ago. And like, and that lady reads a book on the recumbent bike at level one resistance and has been for six months. And like, I can't guarantee it, but I can almost guarantee that there's some level of frustration that they're not making progress, right? They've gotten into this, like they're reading the same book over and over and over, or like they got to fifth grade and then they just like started elementary school over. And you're like, no, no, no. There's like middle school and high school and college. Like you could be, you could be doing so much more. And then I think a big, a huge thing for so many people, and we talk about this in the PPSC, is that unless you are a strength athlete, unless you are competing in CrossFit, powerlifting, Olympic lifting, or, or strongman, the gym should enhance the rest of your life, not detract from it. And probably not be just the gym for the gym's sake. And I think that's another one of those big things that helps us not just like sell 
our skill set and our service, but helps us have those conversations with the people who come in and they're like really set on a specific goal, right? Like I want to, I want to barbell train back squat and deadlift. And you got to ask that why, right? Because the, the big barbell lifts while they make you stronger, right. And like strength, like I said at the beginning, like strength to me is like the most essential trait a human being can have to be strong, not just physically, but like across the board. So being strong solves a lot of problems. But it's like, does a barbell look like a, does a barbell deadlift really look like anything else outside the gym? Like not really like bending over and picking something up. Sure. But most of the time you don't have the ability to like set your feet exactly where you want them, like reach straight down to this thing that's evenly weighted side to side. Like most of the time you're picking up groceries out of the back of a car from some sort of weird split position with a rotation in your spine. And so that's one other thing like, and Cliff is so good about this in PPSC, like Cliff doesn't compete in anything strength oriented, but he trains like a human being. Like he does things with dumbbells and kettlebells and medicine balls that look like running and jumping and twisting and throwing. And then you're like, he hasn't deadlifted for three years. You put him in a trap bar and he pulls over 500 pounds, but he can do like, he's 40 years old. He dunks a basketball with two hands. He does a 50 inch box jump, right? He can hop one. Like he's just, he's an athlete, but it translates to like, he's the perfect example of like, you want to do name a physical activity. I'll do it tomorrow. Like right now. You want to run? I'll run. You want to hike? I'll hike. You want to swim? Great. You want to lift really heavy? I'll do that. You want to play basketball? Cool. Like, and he's going to be proficient enough to like tolerate almost anything. And I think that is such a powerful thing for most people, right? Picking up your kids is not like deadlifting a barbell, right? Walking a dog is not like back squatting, right? Gardening isn't like either of those things. So we can use the gym to enhance your life outside the gym rather than the gym just serving itself. And I think that's a huge eye opener for a lot of people. Man, literally what you, what you said, I couldn't have put it any better. It's fitness for life. It's first, you need to be able then you can be adaptable and then you can be athletic. Right. So I got into training with recently got into training with kettlebells and the landline machine is like my baby. I'm in love with it. I will always say I'm in love with it just because it's so dynamic and so functional and you can train on different planes of motion with still having a little bit of control and adding weight. So, you know, when we, when we stick to, you know, doing the heavy lift, you know, it's, it's sad because I think a lot of people choose lifts based on their popularity right? So based off what you see all the fit fluencers doing on Instagram, but they're not going to tell you about how their limited mobility, how they could wake up and have back pain because their local core isn't strong enough or, you know, all of those, all of those little things. And, you know, I, I have a friend who's a, a bodybuilder of mine and he's not mobile for shit. Dude can barely, can barely bend up. He's jacked. He looks like he should be completely competing but he can barely move so exactly what you said as to you know fitness in a way that's not compromising it should be adding value to the rest of your life instead of actually taking away because yeah. 
doing something to for an extrinsic or like an external thing like oh I want to look jacked that's you know I fear that I to me that's I fear that I don't look good enough as I am if I'm not jacked so like I need that as a, a sense of like self-validation but then yeah and I think I think that like the so any fitness goal is a good goal right like this isn't to say having the goal of like looking better naked is dumb but I think when you so what you mentioned earlier about like what would you say to people who are getting frustrated whether it's a genetic thing or just whatever reason for lack of progress they don't look like the other person that they want to look like that's why having these like even more personal goals like outside of aesthetics and outside the gym it's like yeah but i can do all those things like and that's another role as a coach that i find incredibly powerful and and as a physical therapist as well like we have so much potential as an outsider looking in to remind people of the progress that they're making because most people will be like until they meet that goal they said they think they've made no progress and then as soon as you meet that goal you're like oh now i got another goal and you're like you're never actually you don't even take a moment to be satisfied and there's a there's a good analogy for this where it's like there's two ways to look at walking a mile you could look at walking a mile as every step is a failure until you get to a mile or every step is a success because you're one step closer to achieving the mile. And most people in the gym take the, I've failed till I hit a mile. And right along the way, it's like, but remember how, like when you first started working with me, like you told me it hurt to tie your shoes. Like that doesn't like, I've watched you do that in the gym. It, it doesn't hurt anymore. And they're like, Oh, you're right. It's huge. Like, and what about getting out of bed in the morning? Like, wasn't that like you said that was like a pain? Like, you almost didn't want to do it when you first started working out with me because your back hurt so much. Like, does that still bother you? You're like, and then they're like, you know what? No, and I don't think it has for like a couple months now. You're like, that's amazing. They're like, yeah, that's right. You're right. That is it. Like, I feel so much better. You're like, does the number on the scale where you want it to be? No. But like, didn't you tell me like a coworker? like noticed like they asked you if you'd lost weight and like oh yeah they did ask like i haven't lost any weight but someone told me i look like i have like that's awesome like your body composition is like you know that's the that's one other like ppsc tenant is like creating feelings of success and empowerment early and often because most people come to the gym because they feel inadequate like they already know all the things that are wrong with them that's why they're there and so as fitness professionals like part of our job is to be like, look at all the stuff you can do. Like, look at all these opportunities you have to do them even better because we are going to be our own worst enemy every single time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's like we have three negative thoughts for every one positive. I'm pretty sure that's like a psychological fact as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know Dr. Amen, but um, he's like a, a psychologist or psychiatrist he does a lot of like brain studies and stuff and he always says like you know get into the habit of every time you have a negative thought now you need to choose three positive thoughts to cancel out that one negative thought so you're almost reversing it and um yeah I mean with in training my clients we work on a lot of behavioral change things and and work on habits outside of fitness 
And then just exercising just helps them to have that discipline to, to actually do that. And I tell, you know, I have a client, she's kind of bummed out because she's not hitting her weight goal. But like you said, she's done all these amazing, incredible things. And it's not that she hasn't lost weight. It's that she's lost fat because she looks different and she's gained muscle. And I think Mm -hmm. that's that people really get caught up in and is using that the weight as an excuse not to keep going, but they will start to see significant change if they keep going. It's really that consistency. So question I have for you is if you can leave the audience with one thing that you would want them to know, um, what would that be? And then where can we find you? So if I could leave you with one thought, I like leaving with a quote from Mark Bell, right? Not my original, but it's just so good. And that is that strength is never a weakness and weakness is never a strength. And I would just ponder that for a while. Say one more time, just to let it sink. Strength is never a weakness and weakness is never a strength. Beautiful. Yeah. Can Where we- can you find me? You can find me on Instagram. It's at Dr. David Skolnick DPT. Um, you can find me on Facebook. It's just David Skolnick. You can find me on Twitter. I think it's Skolnick underscore David, maybe. Mostly Instagram. Like Instagram's the best place. You can check out strongerinmotion.com. That's my website. It's always under construction. At some point, I'll finally get it done. Um And uh, if you are a health and fitness professional listening, right, like personal trainer, strength coach, PT, chiropractor, uh, athletic trainer, check out pain-free performance, right? We run courses all over the country in Canada and hopefully getting back into Europe in 2023. We run online courses, right? So we teach we teach foundational movement patterns in our foundations course. We teach, help you rethink your role as a fitness professional, as a true caretaker of people's health, right? How to value a warm up, how to think about programming. And this year we've got all kinds of super dope specialty courses, 16 hours of kettlebell training, 16 hours of business, fitness, business, like mastermind type of stuff. We've got a 16-hour mobility course that's going to relaunch this year. We teach a level two course, which is just like 16 hours of like, what are the what are like all the variables you can modify in the gym? And it's just super, super cool. Um, John's coming out with like multiple new single day courses this year that are going to launch on our platform. Um, if you're looking for a powerlifting coach, you're interested in dabbling and seeing what it's like to train for your first powerlifting meet. I'd love to help with that. That's one of my absolute favorite things to do as a coach. Or if you're that person who's stuck in this cycle of like pain and injury that you can't quite seem to break out of, or maybe you had an injury, you went through rehab with a physical therapist, you know, your insurance told you that's all you got, you're done, you're good enough. And you're like, but I'm not right? I'm still not doing all the things I want to do. That's the other area that I'm really trying to push into, right? I want to be one of the people that personally bridges that gap between rehab and getting back to training. Because I think too many people, unfortunately, because of our medical system, right? Everyone gets back to like good enough, right? 90% of where you were before you got sick or before you got injured, 
and obviously a hundred percent pre-injury just ended up injured and now you're at 90 percent and and the system says that's good enough and i think it should be more like 120 percent of where you were before so i want to bridge that gap um so that's a lot of stuff but just connect with me on instagram and you can ask me whatever you want well, thank you so much for being here today, David. I appreciate it and uh, looking forward to have you back on the podcast in the future. Thank you so much.